Welcome everybody to today's episode of the Jadava Show. We are live in Lynchburg. Whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, or any other pl- podcast platform, we are glad to have you with us. I'm your host, Jacob Valier, here on the Jadava Show. Uh, yeah, Tuesday Night Football yesterday. Uh, that was big. Second Tuesday game since 1946. First since 2010. Uh, Titans-Bills. You know, I was watching last night, and... Uh, I was thinking about something. You can't, there are some things in life that you just can't unsee. You know, you'll watch something or you'll hear about something or you'll just see something happen. In front. Like if you, if you, if you witness a car accident right in front of you, it could have been you. You can't unsee that. That's something you always see. You just, your life flashes before your eyes. You just can't unsee that. There's some things you can't unsee in life. I think it applies in football. There's some things you, you watch football and you have your opinions and you have your judgments on certain players, but then there's just some things that you can't unsee. You know, there's some things that you watch and you're like, I can't, I can't ignore that. Watching last night, first of all, Josh Allen going into last night had like the third, a top three completion percentage passer rating touchdown percentage in the NFL. Okay. He was amazing going into last night. Last night he threw for two interceptions, 78 passer rating, by far a season low, 6.4 yards in attempt, by far a season low. Okay. Completed 63% of his passes last night, by far, by 5%, the lowest of the season. And the Bills, one of the best teams in the league, 4-0 Buffalo, blown out 42-16 to by Ryan Tannehill and the Titans. I can't unsee that. I can't unsee what the Titans did yesterday. They were about as unstoppable as I mean, I'm watching that game, and I'm like, what, who does Buffalo have that could potentially stop them? Nobody. Buffalo is literally like, they, they have, we came into the season, they have a great defense. Well, not last night. Buffalo actually, for everyone's talking about Buffalo's defense, they have a 21st ranked defense in terms of points against in the NFL. T- Tennessee has the ninth ranked defense in the NFL. And we never talk about Tennessee. You know, the Titans are one of those teams that, you know, it doesn't matter how good or bad they are. They're just a team no one ever talks about. You know, unless it's COVID, nobody ever talks about Tennessee. It's the Titans. Ryan Tannehill, since last year, since the start of last year, has a better winning percentage, better completion percent, or excuse me, better completion percentage, better passer rating, similar, almost the same winning percentage, similar touchdown interception ratio, and more yards per game than Lamar Jackson. Very similar winning percentage to Patrick Mahomes. That's Ryan Tannehill. Since the start of last year, 11-3 record, 31 touchdowns, 7 picks, 70% completions, 9 yards in attempt, and 234 yards a game and 115 pass rating. I can't unsee what I saw last night. Every, you know, we think about Ryan Tannehill, oh, it's Ryan Tannehill, whatever. Last night he was amazing. 21 of 28, three touchdowns, no interceptions, seven yards in attempt, four four carries, 42 yards in a touchdown. He's thrown multiple touchdowns three out of four weeks. He has been the most efficient passer in the NFL in terms of everything combined. 84 QBR, that's top five in the league. Top five. But it's Ryan Tannehill. We don't really talk about Ryan Tannehill because it's Ryan Tannehill. He was in Miami, and, you know, he wasn't great. He was just sort of there. And then he comes out and he's he comes to Tennessee and he's coached up a little bit. Oh, they give him weapons. Oh, they give him the best running game in the NFL. And oh my gosh, he can play. This kid can play. 
Ryan Tannehill, fifth best passer rating in the NFL. Barely better than Ben Roethlisberger. Also has the sixth best quarterback rating in the NFL. Nine touchdowns, one pick, top five ratio in the league. And the Titans are 4-0. I can't unsee Buffalo losing that game after Tennessee had two weeks off, barely practiced. They were managing COVID. They were managing COVID and not practicing, and they were missing like 15 players on the COVID-19 list. And they come out and they absolutely dominated one of the best teams in football, one of the top three teams in the AFC. Why don't we talk more about Tennessee? Never have. Even when last year, when they beat Baltimore and New England in the playoffs, they beat Lamar Jackson and Tom Brady in the playoffs, their first two playoff games, and had a 10-point lead at Kansas City against Patrick Mahomes. All of this on the road, by the way. And we're not picking Tennessee to win their division. We keep saying, oh, the Colts, they have Phillip Rivers. Oh, the Texans, they have Deshaun Watson. Who's, better, who's been way better than both of those guys in the last year? Ryan Tannehill in their own division. Ryan Tannehill's been better than Deshaun Watson. Ryan Tannehill's been better than Phillip Rivers by a lot. And the Titans have been better than the Colts and the Texans the last few years by a lot. Okay, it's the reality. We don't want to talk about it. We don't want to address it. But, oh, my gosh, do the Titans look good. They have got so many weapons. So, you know, people talk about Kansas City's got all these weapons of Baltimore and, you know, Green Bay and and and, uh, and Cleveland and, and Tampa Bay. Tennessee's got players. Derrick Henry, one of the best running backs in the league. We all get that. Corey Davis, when he's healthy, is great. A.J. Brown is great. Jonu Smith is a top five tight end in this league. And they've got nice slot guys like Khalif Raymond and Adam Humphreys. Look, they, they've got players. Tennessee is no joke. I'm watching that last night. They had barely any practice time the last two weeks. They had a weird, unexpected bye week. They had some layoff. And they're facing one of the best teams in the league. And they completely dominated, 42 to 16. I can't unsee that. And I and I, if I'm evaluating the Buffalo Bills, I can't unsee them losing this game. Because Buffalo now they needed to win last night. They now get to face their next three of their next four games: Kansas City, New England, Seattle. They also get the Jets. That'll be a win. But they they have got a rough schedule. It clears up after the bye week because then they have the Chargers, San Francisco, Pittsburgh, Denver, New England, and Miami. It'll be pretty easy. They'll probably win most of those games. But 4-0, they needed this game. They needed this game. And they completely blew it. Tennessee, who we have no respect for. Why don't we have respect? They have the 6th ranked offense in the league and the ninth ranked defense. Top 10 in both categories. They're 4-0. One of five undefeated teams in the NFL. We don't respect Tennessee. They have one of the most balanced offenses in the league. One of the best running games. One of the most efficient passing games. And we just never talk about it. It's Tennessee. Who cares about Tennessee? I saw that game last night, and the Titans looked great. How about Tuesday Night Football, by the way? Tennessee and Buffalo on Tuesday Night Football. That was a great matchup. It kind of didn't live up to expectations because, you know, I thought it would be a closer game. But, boy, in front of the entire world on a day no one expected football, the Tennessee Titans showed you they're legit. That's a top-five team in the NFL. They are very, very complete. I'm looking at the Tennessee rest of the season – uh, three of their next four games, Houston, Cincinnati, Chicago, they could definitely win those games. They could definitely beat Pittsburgh in two weeks. And then after that, Indianapolis, Baltimore, those are tough games. Then they get Indianapolis again, Cleveland, and then they end the year with Jacksonville, Detroit, Green Bay, and Houston. I'm looking at this schedule. They could win another seven, eight games. 
this is not a team that I think is just sort of a flash in the pan. They are a legit football team, and they could go to Baltimore and beat them. We've seen them do it. We've seen them go to Baltimore and beat them. We could, I could totally see them splitting with Indianapolis or sweeping. I could see them going to Lambeau Field and winning. They're just they're a, they're a typical Mike Vrabel team. Very hard nosed, get after the quarterback, uh, just ball hawk on defense, just tough physical running. This is. This is a team that could go to any cold weather, Baltimore or Green Bay. They could go there and win. I could totally see it. If they can beat Buffalo, if they could beat down Buffalo, oh, this team's legit. Yeah, we hadn't seen the first three weeks they beat Denver, Jacksonville, and Minnesota. Whatever. But they've just beat the brains out of the Bills. And the Bill and the Bills had two days extra rest. And they also, you know, were the better team, in my opinion, coming into the game. Wow. Tennessee, they put themselves on the map last night. Okay. Uh, MLB baseball. MLB postseason. I don't really talk about baseball much um, ever since the Nats got out, but uh, I was watching the Houston Astros take on the Tampa Bay Rays yesterday, and that's another thing I can't unsee. So Jose Altuve, you know, obviously the Astros are dirty, rotten cheaters. We don't ever want to talk about them. Um, because guess what? The Astros are big cheaters and Jose Altuve became one of the worst hitters in baseball after they took away his cheating. Um, and he'd had a pretty terrible night at the, or terrible season at the plate this year, but he committed two throwing errors last night and another throwing error, total of three in the ALCS and the Astros have just had the worst luck. Sometimes it just feels right. You know, doesn't it feel like Alex Bregman almost has an extra base hit every time he's gone to the plate in this series? Every single time. He's hit line drive after line drive, getting robbed of home runs. You know, the Tampa Bay Rays, no one plays better defense in baseball than the Rays this season. They are incredible. And no one's been unluck more unlucky hitting the baseball than the Astros in this series. Jose Altuve, three throwing errors in the, in the championship series. Alex Bregman getting robbed every single time. He's at the plate, it feels like. And it feels like the Astros are getting robbed, in general, once an inning. And doesn't it just feel right? I mean, don't you have a hard time feeling bad for them? Don't you just watch them and go, huh, that just really stinks, doesn't it? Look, Tampa Bay, they're about to be known as, as heroes in sports. They're about to take down two Dragons, the Yankees, and the Astros. Yeah, that'll, be, that'll be a good story. I'm going to root for Tampa Bay in the World Series, because they're going to go. Uh, there's no way they blow this one. Um, and it really does feel like a good, a feel-good story. Just like Washington last year. I don't know I'm a Nats fan, but last year it felt like they were the team of destiny. You know, they just sort of went through everybody. They took down the Dodgers. They took down the Astros. Just felt like they were a team of destiny. They, they had clutch hits and clutch defense when they needed it, and that's what the Rays have been this year, and I always like seeing that type of thing. Baseball is one of those sports where I really do enjoy seeing the underdog win. There's too many power or heavyweights. Uh, in baseball, like the Dodgers and the Yankees and the Astros. Uh, and there's a chance that we won't see any of them in the World Series uh, because the Dodgers are down 2-0 to the Braves, as much as I hate Atlanta. I also do hate the Dodgers. So I'm rooting for Tampa Bay. Um, and so that'll be uh, an exciting series, Tampa Bay versus either Atlanta or the Dodgers in the World Series. Not confirmed, obviously, the Astros. Anything could happen in, in sports, but 3-0 is kind of a big leap. So um, watching that last night. Nothing is more satisfying than Jose Altuve committing two throwing errors in the same game that cost his team a couple of runs. It's it's very refreshing. 
Um, and uh, in sports, sports is one of those industries where I do enjoy seeing cheaters get what they deserve. Um, not bad people. You know, everybody deserves a good opportunity, even if they're not, even if they're considered bad people. But if they're cheaters, if they're like Tom Brady or Bill Belichick or Jose Altuve or Bregman or anybody on the Astros or Patriots, yeah, it kind of is nice to see them lose. It's kind of nice to see them get their comeuppance. Um, and that's sort of what this series has been all about. Um, so, yeah, the not a lot, you know, there's not a lot going on in the sports world. Uh, and then all of a sudden, boom, out of nowhere, the New York Jets release Le'Veon Bell. Um, and look, I was adamant this was never a good fit from the beginning, Le'Veon to the Jets. Um, here's what I'll say. Okay, and I've, I was adamant about this when it happened back in 2018 when Le'Veon Bell sat out an entire year. You can't get better at playing football by not playing football. I don't know what's so hard about this for people to understand. People are like, yeah, Le'Veon's making the right decision sitting out, you know, and and, and, you know, and getting his money, getting his rest so he can come back with his next team and be ready. The shelf life for running backs is so, so small. Okay, running backs in the NFL don't last a decade. Usually they don't. You get a guy like Adrian Peterson and Frank Gore that end up playing forever. But then you get guys like everyone else, and their shelf life is, yeah, their prime is about five years, and after five years, they're pretty much done. And that, watching last night, or or getting the news last night that Le'Veon Bell got released, it just reminded me, the shelf life of these guys is so small, you can't afford to sit out a season. You can't afford to say, you know what, I need more money. Running backs have never been more replaceable than they are right now. Quarterbacks and wide receivers are the most valuable players in the NFL. Offensive linemen are pretty valuable, too and a key defensive player. Running back is like, when's the last time a great NFL team, when's the last time a Super Bowl champion had a dominant running back? Last year it was Damian Williams. Two years ago it was Sony Michelle. Three years ago it was Jay Ajayi and LeGarrette Blunt. Four years ago, LeGarrette Blunt. Again, five years ago, CJ Anderson. Six years ago, oh, it was LeGarrette Blunt again. LeGarrette Blunt won three championships. No one considers him a top-tier running back. Okay. No one considers Damian Williams a top-tier running back or C.J. Anderson or Jay Ajayi, but those are the last seven starting running backs to win Super Bowls. Huh. It's almost like you don't need an elite running back to win a championship. Le'Veon Bell missed an entire season because he thought he was worth more than he was. Okay, you're never worth... If you're a running back and you're deciding to hold out, you will never win that holdout. Le'Veon Bell, since joining the New York Jets as a 27- and 28-year-old running back, 863 yards, three touchdowns, 3.3 yards a carry in 17 games. 51 yards a game, three and a, under three and a half yards a carry, and just four total touchdowns, three three rushing, one receiving in 17 games. Who really won this? Who won this holdout? Was it the Pittsburgh Steelers who were 4-0 and looked like one of the better teams in the AFC? Or was it Le'Veon Bell and the New York Jets, the worst team in football? And Le'Veon Bell, who might struggle to find guaranteed money on a short-term contract for the rest of this year. I can tell you who won, and it wasn't Le'Veon Bell. If you're a running back, you are going to lose a holdout every time. The shelf life after five, because this is what a guy can do. This is what a team can do with a running back. Get him for four, on a four-year rookie contract. Okay, if he's good for four years, first of all, running back's first four years are their best seasons. After four years, you can extend, you can franchise tag him for a fifth year, uh, and if they prove to be good again and have a little bit more left in the tank, franchise him again. 
give him a franchise tag. And then back-to-back -back franchise tags, you let him go, and he signs a huge contract with some dumb team like the Jets, and then they stink. And then, live, and then that running back stinks because he's got nothing left in the tank. They, the first team that had him had him for six years, and they got everything they needed out of him, and now he's not good anymore. That's, that's literally what teams do with running backs nowadays. And Le'Veon Bell thought he could go for his eighth season in, or seventh and eighth season in the NFL and be a dominant three-down bell cow for a bad football team getting, four year, getting a four-year fully guaranteed contract or mostly guaranteed contract. I'll tell you, this is why I wouldn't pay running backs. Their shelf life, Le'Veon Bell looked washed old and he can't hit the hole and make jump cuts like he used to. This is, this is the reality for running backs. You look at high school football players, they don't play running back. They play quarterback, wide receiver, safety. You don't see running backs anymore because the shelf, they get hurt. There's a lot of wear and tear on their legs, and they're only good for about four or five years at the beginning of their careers, and then they're done. Adrian Peterson and Frank Gore are still playing, but they're not nearly as good as they used to be 10 years ago. Come on. That's the shelf life. Nobody, won, nobody except for the Steelers won this holdout. So Le'Veon Bell will go somewhere, and he'll make – a short-term contract look great for some team because he'll provide a little bit of value, but he's not the same Le'Veon Bell. Okay. And this is the reality for running backs. If Derrick Henry had gone to another team and held out, if Derrick Henry had held out and gone to another team, he would have been bad as well for the next three years. It's just the reality. You can't take a year off and expect to be the same back. So that was a big storyline yesterday. Not a lot going on in the NFL other than those two things. Uh, we will be back with you later this week, maybe tomorrow, maybe Friday, uh, for another edition of the Jadava Show. No Thursday Night Football this week because there was a Tuesday game. Uh, I'm Jacob Valier. Thank you for listening to the Jadava Show. We hope you have a great rest of your Wednesday and next couple of days, and we will see you and be back later on this week. Everybody take care.